As we take time in God's word today, shall we pray and ask God to help us to understand and to put into practice the things that he wants for us. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, how thankful we are for your word because your word tells us about who you are, the great almighty God, the one and only God, the living God who cares for us. And we thank you that as we open your word, it tells us about how much we need you, that you sent your son, the Lord Jesus, into this world to save sinners, to save us. And once you've saved us, you've called us to be soldiers of our Lord Jesus Christ. And today, as we look at the issue of prayer, might we desire to be soldiers who stand by kneeling? Might we be soldiers who pray? We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Ancient Roman soldiers, apart from having their state-of-the-art armor and weaponry that was powerful for its days, add to this its disciplined training, they had a secret weapon that when it was used, it brought terror to the hearts of their enemies. There were certain battalions of Roman soldiers who were known as slingers or fundators. They were skilled in using slings. And they were so skillful in this that they would be able to take a lead bullet. That's right, a lead bullet that was about one to two ounces in weight. And they would put those bullets in the slings and they could accurately send that bullet into the Uh, armed forces of the enemy from a distance of somewhere between 100 and 150 meters. And the force of that bullet, when it would strike the enemy, it had the power just under the power of a bullet that would be fired from a 44 Magnum handgun. Many of those bullets had holes drilled in them so that as they flew through the air, they would make a whistling or wailing sound And it was an act of terror to produce fear in the hearts of the enemy. And in spite of what we know and think about Roman soldiers, they had a sense of humor because inscribed on many of these lead bullets were words like, take that in Latin, ouch, now sit down, catch. Those words were inscribed on these lead bullets. Now, on Sunday mornings, we've been looking at how the Apostle Paul describes Christians as being in the midst of a spiritual warfare. And God has given to us, to those whom he describes in a sense as being soldiers of the cross, he gives us the armor of salvation that he has forged, given to us to wear, powerful weapons. And he also gives to us something that should not be a secret weapon, but will bring bring fear into the hearts of the enemy, the spiritual forces that oppose Christians, and that is the weapon of prayer. This morning we want to look at the praying soldier, or the soldier who stands firmly by kneeling in prayer. Since this message is the last in our series on the armor of God, let's read the whole section from Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10 through to verse 20. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10 through to verse 20. 
The Apostle Paul writes, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Just reading that ought to, in one sense, make us to say, we need help. And God gives that help, verse 13. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all, to stand. Stand, therefore, having girded your waist with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, and having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith with which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints and for me, that utterance may be given to me, that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in chains, that in it I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. In this passage that the Apostle Paul has written and which we are studying, he tells us how we can be strong in the midst of the spiritual battles that we face. We are told there in verse 10 that we are to be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. He doesn't say you have to face these things in your own weakness or in your own power that's so limited, but in the power of the Lord. We are given a command in verse 14 to stand firmly. And then he gives a description of different pieces of armor that God has given, forged for us, that will help us to stand. He has given to us truth like a belt that holds all of the soldier's armor in place. And the truth of God is what helps us to stand firmly. He's given to us to protect our hearts, the breastplate of righteousness, his righteousness placed upon us. We stand firmly grounded on the gospel of peace, that we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Our faith... It's like a shield to protect us from all, not some, but all of the darts of the wicked one. And like a helmet, God gives us salvation to protect our minds and our thinking. And then he gives the sword of the spirit, which is the very word of God. And now when we come to verse 18, he doesn't add a further piece of armor, but he is saying that, As you put on every piece of armor that God has given to us, cover all of these with prayer. Put on prayer. All of these pieces of armor will only protect us as we prayerfully apply them to our lives day by day. Let me read verses 17 and 18 again. And take the helmet of salvation... And the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, being watchful to this end, 
with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. He is telling us how to be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. It was this verse here that helped when George Duffield wrote that hymn, Stand Up, Stand Up for Jesus. As he writes the second stanza, he says, Stand up, stand up for Jesus. Stand in his strength alone. The arm of flesh will fail you. You dare not trust your own. Put on the gospel armor. Each piece put on with prayer. When duty calls or danger, be never wanting there. Be never lacking in that area of prayer. And so we're looking at the soldier and prayer, the praying soldier. And the subject of prayer, admittedly, is an enormous subject. But we want to try to stick to our text this morning and see what God has to teach us from primarily verse 18 on how to stand firmly in our faith, how to be a soldier who stands by kneeling. In these few verses, the Apostle Paul actually gives us six different instructions for how we should pray in order to stand firm in our faith. The first lesson that we learn here is the Christian soldier must be constant in prayer. The Christian soldier must be constant in prayer. And so he begins verse 18 with the words, praying always, praying always. Just two words in English, and yet they are the translation of four different words in the original language, in the Greek language, which says, praying in every season. We ought to be clear, though, before we think about what it means to pray in every season, what, uh, we ought to understand the question, what is prayer? In the simplest of terms, prayer is simply talking to God. Prayer is a conversation with God. Now, prayer can take many different forms, and Pastor Ryan in our children's talk spoke about some of them. It can be praise and adoration, it can be confessing of sins where we repent of those things that we know we've failed God. It can be thanksgiving. And it can be asking God for his help in any and every situation. Or it can just be simply enjoying and conversing with God in everyday life as we walk along. Talking to him like a dear friend. Yet in its simplest form, remember that prayer is simply talking to God. In the context of Ephesians chapter 6 here, the passage before us, prayer is talking to God in the midst of spiritual battles, in the midst of spiritual warfare, of relying upon his help, relying upon his strength, speaking to the captain of our faith, and ever being aware that our strength, our success, our stand depends on how we pray, on how his strength rests upon us. And so we read here in verse 18, praying always. Or as we said in the original language, praying in every season. 
There is no season that is not a season for prayer. We are to be praying, speaking to God in seasons of sorrow. We are to be praying in seasons of joy. We are to be praying to God in seasons where we feel that our heart is being revived and we are to be praying in seasons of dryness. We are to be praying when the season is that it is well with our soul and in seasons when we feel that we're being attacked spiritually. We are to learn to pray as new Christians when we're newly born again. We need to learn to speak to God and to rely upon God. And as mature Christians, as we grow in our faith, we need to learn to consistently pray. And for those who are older in their faith, we need to learn to delight in God as we walk through life. We need to pray in all seasons of life. And we need to pray in every situation in life as well. When the situation is one where we feel like the sunshine of this world is making us feel great, or in seasons of stress, in seasons of peace, or in seasons of pain, prayer is simply talking to God, communicating with God, asking God for his presence with us, asking for his strength in every situation we find ourselves, asking for his help to take over from our own meager strength in the midst of battles. Because as we pray, we are relying on a power that is far greater than anything within ourselves. In fact, it is greater than anything imaginable. It is the power of Christ. So first of all, as Paul begins verse 18 and speaks about prayer, he speaks about constant prayer, praying always. Also, he adds to this, a Christian soldier must be not only constant in prayer, but reliant in prayer, both reliant in prayer and reliant on prayer. Prayer in many ways is a declaration that we recognize that we are reliant upon God. So many times we do things in our own strength without even thinking about God, but God wants us ever to be reliant upon him. And so we read in verse 18, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit. Paul actually uses two different words for prayer, one that is translated praying or prayer and the other word that is translated as supplication. The first word that is translated as Prayer and as praying is from prosukamai, and it's just a very general word for prayer, for fellowshipping with God, for coming before God, for having, you could say, a running conversation with the eternal God and listening to Him, talking back and forth in what we do. Prosukamai. But there's a second word that is used, and it's translated as supplication. That's not a word that we use very often now, but it's the word deomai, which simply is a word that means asking. And yet, in a deeper sense of that word deomai, asking, it, it can be translated as begging. It is recognizing how needy you are and that there is someone else that has what you need in order to help you in life. There's a sense of urgency in that word. And so we read there, praying always with all prayer. 
The picture there is of reliant prayer, recognizing that we need God. We need what he has to give us, his strength to rest upon us. We recognize our own weakness. We recognize how much we need him to take care of all of our needs, to be our strength, to do what we cannot do, to intervene in our weakness. It's reliance upon God who abundantly will help us. And we, know, we need to show our reliance upon God by prayer. When we wake up in the morning, what kind of things do we do? Well, for, for a lot of us, we, we quickly go to the bathroom or go to the breakfast and have coffee and things like that. But what about taking time in the morning, sometime in the midst of that busyness, and praying, say, Lord, help me today to sense your presence with me. Help me today to be a blessing to others. Or if you find the heaviness of the day weighing down upon you, pray as you start the day, help me not to feel overwhelmed, but to look to you for sufficiency. When we get to work or when we get to school and we meet somebody that's unkind, then we pray, Lord, give me wisdom and help me to be kind back to show the love of Jesus. When we clean house, perhaps, breathe a prayer to God, praying for your family, praying for your children, thanking God for what he's given to you and for the privilege of having a home that we have to clean. When we feel discouraged, pray, Lord, you know everything about me. You know that I am down. You know how much I need you. Help me to focus on you and not the problems I face. Or to pray, Lord, I, I feel like I'm wounded on the battlefield of life. Lord, lift me up. Lord, heal my hurts. Help me to walk in your strength and in your might. And so prayer is to be a recognized reliance upon God. The Christian soldier must stand always, ever reliant upon the captain of our salvation, our Lord and our God. And we don't come before him dictating to God what he must do, but rather we come submissively. And that's the third thing I learned from this verse. The Christian soldier must not only be reliant in prayer, he must be submissive in prayer. Paul is fully aware that we need to be submissive. And that's why he adds in verse 18, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit. Praying in the Spirit. That is not what some charismatic people have taught that is praying in some kind of unknown tongue. It's not that at all. But what does it mean? What does it mean to have supplication or ask in the Spirit? It is telling us that prayer must not come from our own flesh. It must not be our own desires, but it has to come from the Spirit of God and his desires. This means we have to be sensitive to the Spirit of God when you and I pray. We need to listen to him as he tugs at our hearts or as he works in our conscience. We need to be willing to respond and follow the directing that he leads in our lives. It is never 
asking God to do what our flesh might demand, asking God to simply give us what we want. But it ought to be that we ask God to be glorified and for him to be exalted in whatever we are facing, submissive to the Spirit's leading. Last week we looked at verse 17. Pastor Ryan spoke on verse 17 where it says, The sword of the Spirit is the Word of God. And so when we pray in the Spirit, we will pray in line with revealed truth. We will pray in line with the Word of God. The Spirit of God will never lead contrary to the Word of God. And we ought to pray ever being sensitive to the Spirit of God and His leading in our lives. I must admit, I myself can sometimes pray like the proverbial bull that is going into the china shop where I have a list of things that I want to pray for, praying for the church family, praying for those who are sick, praying for my own family, praying for my own personal life. And it can be sometimes like, here is a list that I need to pray through and there's 216 things and I tick one after the other after you ask, thank you, Lord, amen. And yet, have I actually taken time to prepare my heart? Have I actually really submitted my heart in prayer with sensitivity to what the Spirit of God might be saying? Have we really taken time to submit both our hearts and our wills and our lives before God before even opening our lips as we prayed? Could it be that at times we actually pray in the flesh? I think so. Our example ought to be like the prayer of Jesus on the night in which he was betrayed, knowing that Obedience would lead to the cross and yet he prayed to God the Father and he prayed, not my will, but thine be done. And that praying led to the cross. That praying led to him dying upon the cross for our sins. And as we pray, we need to pray submissively in line with God's word, sensitive to the spirit of God, that's where we'll find victory to stand in the midst of spiritual battles when they rage all around us. But there's a fourth thing that the the Apostle Paul adds when he speaks of prayer for the Christian soldier. He tells us to be watchful in prayer. Verse 18, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, being watchful to this end. Now, literally, the word that is translated as being watchful there, literally in the Greek language, it is to be without sleep. Now, uh, I I, uh, woke up way earlier than I wanted to this morning and my mind was racing. It's not talking about that, but it's talking about being spiritually alert, being spiritually watchful. We need to be alert to so many things. We need to be watchful as to how Satan works. In Matthew chapter 13, verse 25, we see in a parable that Jesus gave, the parable of the tares amongst the wheat, that it says there that while everyone was sleeping, his enemy came and sowed weeds amongst the wheat. And so there is an alertness that we need to have constantly a spiritual alertness as to how Satan 
is working, especially as he looks at our lives and he looks for any weaknesses that are there. He looks at areas that will be attached themselves to the desires of the flesh or attractions of the eyes or the pride of life. We need to be alert to how easily self-pity escalates and will pull us away from God. We need to be alert to the fact that how deceitful the desire for riches can be. We need to be alert to the fact that wrongful anger gives a foothold in our lives for Satan to do all kinds of other things. So be watchful in prayer. It's good to be reminded that Jesus said to his followers, watch and pray that you do not enter into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. So be watchful. Be watchful. There's never a time to be careless. There's never a time for a spiritual holiday to allow ourselves to be, even for a time, lethargic. Paul adds more to this verse because we read in verse 18, being watchful to this end with all perseverance. And so he's saying there, adding to the things that we must have as as praying soldiers, we must have persevering prayer. Persevering prayer. And the word that is translated persevering literally means never stopping. Enduring to the end, never backing down. After all, Satan doesn't sleep. So should we sleep spiritually? Should we be careless for a moment? You may have noticed when I read that, the scripture actually doesn't simply say be watchful to this end with perseverance, but he says be watchful with all perseverance. The evil one will do all that he can to stop us from praying because as many authors suggest, prayer is the highest form of worship to God. That's something to think about. Prayer is the highest form of worship to God. And not only that, it's through prayer that we take hold of the resources of God so that we stand not in our own weak strength, but in the strength of the Lord and in the power of his might. It's through prayer that we take hold of the resources of heaven. I love the picture that is given in the Old Testament in 2 Kings chapter 6. You may remember it where the prophet Elisha has been telling to the king of Israel Uh, what the king of Syria has been planning and working through. And so the king of Syria brings all his armies and his chariots against to try to capture Elisha. And he comes outside the city of Dothan. And there at the city of Dothan, Elisha's servant is panicking, saying, Master, what shall we do? And the prophet is calm. And he answers with these words, Do not fear. For those who are with us are more than those who are with them. And then Elisha, who already sees with spiritual eyes, prays and asks God to open the eyes of his servant. And we read that that servant saw, and behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. It was the army of heaven 
there to protect and to deliver God's servant. Keep praying. Persevere in prayer. And then finally, Paul adds one more thought. The Christian soldier must be thorough in prayer. Thorough in prayer. Let me read verse 18 again. Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. Not some of the saints, not the ones you like. Supplication for all the saints. Paul calls Christians to pray or to make supplication for all the saints. Now remember that when the Bible speaks of this word, the saints, it literally means the set-apart ones. It's not talking about a special group of super spiritual people that we say, oh, that person is a saint. All believers are set-apart ones, set-apart from sin, set-apart to God. And so when Paul says here, making supplication for all the saints... It is saying that the Christian soldier is not simply to pray only for himself, but he is to pray for all believers everywhere. You see, a soldier doesn't go to war alone. He doesn't stand in battle alone. That would be foolhardy. We need each other, and we need to pray for one another. You see, when soldiers stand side by side in the battlefield, when they stand there without breaking rank, when they stand there without retreating, when they stand there watching out for each other, carrying and caring for the wounded and the weak, ever listening to the voice of, of the captain there, standing strong in him as one, then we'll stand firmly. And when we listen to him, the one who is the captain of our salvation, who has never nor will ever lose a battle, then we can stand firmly. And we stand together. So how should we pray for one another? It's worth looking at Ephesians chapter 1 and Philippians chapter 1 and Colossians chapter 1 and seeing examples of how the Apostle Paul prayed for the believers. As he prayed for them, he would actually always pray for their spiritual well-being. How much do we pray for somebody's spiritual growth, spiritual understanding? We often pray for them rightfully when they're sick or we pray for their needs. But how often do we pray for their spiritual growth. Here are some of the things that Paul prayed for, that we might understand in a greater way the depth of God's love, the riches of his glory, the exceeding greatness of his power towards us, that we would walk worthy of him, fully pleasing to him, that our love would abound to him and towards others, that our lives would be filled with the fruit of righteousness. That's how we should be praying for each other. And in the passage before us, not only are we to be praying for one another in that way, but we are to be praying for opportunities for sharing the gospel and for those who are bearing witness of the Lord Jesus Christ. Because we read in verse 9, Paul adds, not only praying for all the saints, 
but also pray for me that utterance may be given to me that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel for which I am an, an ambassador in chains that in it I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. We need to pray that God would give us opportunities to share the gospel. Whether it's at school, whether it's at work, whether it's at university, whether it's with our neighbours, to pray, Lord, would you open a door of opportunity for me to share? And then, Lord, not only the opportunity, but would you open my mouth to share the life-changing truth of Jesus, the Son of God, who's come into this world to save sinners like you and me. That the world needs repentance towards God and faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, and they too can be saved. Paul wants the Ephesian to believers to pray for him. You'd think Paul wouldn't have a problem here, wouldn't be fearful, but here he is, he's in prison, he's waiting that he will stand before Caesar And perhaps he considers that if he confronts Caesar about sin and the need for Jesus, perhaps things will go poorly. And so he says, pray for me. Pray for boldness. Pray that utterance may be given to me, that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel. And remember, whenever we read that word mystery in the Bible, a mystery in Bible terms is something that once was hidden, but now God supernaturally has revealed it. And the mystery of the gospel is that God sent his son into this world to come because he loves us and to die sinners so you and I can be saved. Oh, how Paul longed to be a witness for his saviour. And that needs to be in our heart. And it's not going to be there unless we realise that in the midst of battle, we need to stand strong. We need to listen to the voice of our captain, the Lord Jesus Christ. And we need to pray for each other and to pray for the lost, that we would share the gospel to lost sinners, that we might see God snatching them from the fires of hell and making them children of the living God. Paul sees himself, verse 20, as an ambassador in chains. He's in lockdown. He's a prisoner, but even there, he hopes to share salvation in the Lord Jesus. And so we come to an end of this portion on the Christian soldier and the arm of God. We are told that we need to stand, not in our own weak strength, but in the strength that God will give us through his Son. He calls us to be praying soldiers, soldiers who stand firmly by kneeling. Most of us know that. And most of us will know that prayer is not easy. The flesh fights against it. Busyness fights against it. Tiredness fights against it. But it's crucial if we would stand firm in our faith that we be soldiers who pray. Perhaps you're not used to praying. Could I encourage you if you're a child of God, if you know Jesus is indeed your Savior and Lord, that maybe it's not your habit to pray 
would you start this week? Maybe even start today, sometime today or tomorrow. And as you start the day off, somewhere in the first 30 minutes, sit down and start with two or three minutes. Prayer is just talking to God, asking God to help you. Ask God to help you to honour him through that day. And let's see how God works to help you to grow stronger as a Christian because it's when we are soldiers who pray that we find that we'll be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Let's pray. Our dear Lord, we thank you for how practical your word is, for how you call us to be Christians, people who pray. Forgive us for those times where we're all too busy doing, where we have little appetite for prayer. And yet we read in your word, if, if we're going to stand strong, it has to be strong in the Lord and in your power. And that as we put on the armor of God, as we face what the world throws at us and as we face what the evil forces will bring our way, we need to be people who pray, who keep the line of communication open, who rest in you and look to you as the one who will give us strength. And Father, I pray for any that are listening in, who are struggling in life, who feel that life is overwhelming them, perhaps spiritual battles that they're facing. Help them as they cry out to you. Rescue them. Send a brother or sister in Christ their way to pray with them. But help them to look to you, the one who offers the powers of heaven to uphold us and strengthen us and to give us the victory till one day we stand in your presence in glory. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.